I am so proud of all of our missions teams. We have 70 people go out on missions, and as of this morning, the Thailand team returned this morning, all 70 people returned healthy and safe. Let's praise the Lord for that. Now, we should always praise the Lord for that, because some of the places we go to are quite dangerous. Uh, we don't always take like the you know the nice buses and the nice routes. I mean, we go through some pretty dangerous areas, and uh, yeah, I mean our 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 people are just up for it. So we go up to the bush boys sometimes, and so it's a it's definitely a testimony of God's grace that uh, God really keeps us uh, in this place of safety, a hedge of protection around us, and it's because of the prayers of the saints. So I also want to say I'm really proud of the church. And for uh, Rachel and Chris Passan for really holding up and mobilizing everyone in prayer and fasting uh, throughout the entire t- time through our UPS service, our United Prayer Service. Let's uh, praise the Lord for all the sons and daughters that pray for the trips. Thank you all for praying. How many of you guys, you, you guys actually fasted at least one day of the week to, uh, for, um, to fast and pray for the trip? Raise your hand. Thank you. The rest of y'all, man, forget you, man. How is there not more hands going up? Anyway, all right. <laughs> for the ones who fast and pray, thank you. Thank you. And for others, pray a little more, please. Um, praise the Lord. I'm really proud of all the uh, missions team leaders and the preachers uh, for leading these trips and leading powerful times of ministry. You know, our goal is not just to come, go and come back safely. Our goal is to go there and really bring the kingdom. Because the kingdom is not just a matter of talk, but it's a matter of power. Amen? Amen. And so we always press in for Christ, the hope of glory, to be displayed in us. And when Christ is displayed, he's not only displayed through preaching and conversation and talk. Christ is displayed with power. The Apostle Paul said, I came, with you, I came to you not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So that men's faith will not rest on man's wisdom, but on God's power. In a Greco-Roman culture, it was all about academics. It was all about philosophy and learning. It was all about intellect. And in that kind of culture, the Apostle Paul said, I came to you preaching the gospel with power. And you know what? We need the same thing today. Amen? Amen. And so really pr- proud of all the teams. I heard uh, Myanmar, not only uh, Randy's uh, story, but I also heard like Pastor Marcus was preaching about light. And then as he's preaching, like at certain key moments, like the lights went out. Yeah. And then the lights went back on, like at all these key moments. And so uh, the Myanmar team was very excited about that. <laughs> it's pretty cool. God, God's, God's, God's pretty cool. Uh, I heard Indonesia team, you guys saw the lame walk and the blind see. Did you share last week? Okay, so be sure to catch the podcast. I didn't get to listen to Pastor Miola's message yet. Uh, we'll also have an Indonesia team member probably be share next week. But uh, be sure to tune into Pastor Miola's podcast for the Indonesia t- team. They're the first team that returned from their trip, and it was a powerful time. They went up to Medan, Medan uh, with Pastor Tarigan's ministry, and God really just did amazing work there. Um, our Japan team, I haven't heard anything back from the Japan team, but really looking forward to testimonies. Our Thailand team arrived just this morning. Thank you for coming directly from the airport. You guys are true sons of the house. Where are all the Thailand team members at? All right. Yeah, we, we sent out like an army there. There's a lot of people on that team. All right. I heard you guys got to go to Pattaya again. All right. Very good. Very good. Very good. All right. So, uh, Pastor Aaron and I, we joined in on the Australia trip. And so let me share a little bit about our time there. Uh, we went down there because of an invitation from Sydney Full Gospel Church's EM. Their English ministry is called FLM, Full Life Ministries. And I got invited to speak there a year ago at their winter conference. Our summer is their winter. Okay, and so it's their winter conference down there. I got to speak there last year and... They must have liked me because they invited me back. So I think it's one of the few places that actually invited me back. 
So I got invited back, and this time I decided to take Pastor Erin along with me so that she can also preach. And she got to preach on one of the three nights of the conference uh, and also lead a seminar. And I also took a team with me. So there was a team of 14 people, and we went out to Australia. And we started by having some sightseeing because our only free day was at the beginning of the trip. Okay? So it wasn't like you know, we just wanted to go and do touristy stuff. It was the only free day we had. So we went actually going sightseeing. And we went to this beach called Manly Beach where all these manly men hang out. No, I'm just kidding. It's just called Manly Beach. And when we got there, our sister Esther, who's Sarah Wan's uh, younger sister, Esther, who joined us for the trip, she lost her wallet at the beach. And so the moment we get there, we're trying to get lunch. And then all of a sudden, Esther's, I lost my wallet. I have to go back and look for it. So I follow her. Uh, and we go and we start looking through trash cans, looking through all the, all the grounds. I can't find her wallet. And you know, I know, I know how that feels. It's just terrible feeling. How many of you ever lost your wallet? It's, a, it's the most terrible feeling in the world. Credit cards, cash, ID, all that stuff. You don't want to go through the trouble of replacing that. And so I remember the message that I preached. So I, I told Esther, Esther, they can't take nothing from you. Because my theory was somebody stole that joint. But she walked into the bank, she had it in her hand, and the next moment it was gone. You know, so I was like, them, them sneaky Aussies. They need Jesus. You see this? They need Jesus. So they went in there and they stole that wallet. But let me tell you something, Esther, they can't take nothing away from you. You lay it down as a gift. You have the authority to lay it down. You just let it go. Don't let the devil steal your joy. All right. There's no loss. There's no loss. And so she was like, yeah, and she was being positive about it. And we walked back and then we had lunch. And then uh, she tried to go on with the day. We're trying to call her credit cards, try to cancel it. But my, uh, my phone wasn't working. It wasn't dialing out to, to, to the United States for some reason. So we didn't get to cancel her credit cards. And later when we got to uh, the church, uh, when we got to dinner, we had a special dinner with all the FLM leaders at Hurricanes, this wonderful, no, it was Hurricanes, yeah, it was Hurricanes, oh, it was Lebanese, I'm sorry, okay, my wife is right, she's, she's right about 30% of the time, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, no, she, she's right about this one, it was a Lebanese restaurant, we, anyway, we go to the restaurant, and the EM pastor there, his name is Pastor John. He's a pretty like laid back kind of dude. And P. John went to the police station just to check the lost and found. And lo and behold, the wallet was at the lost and found of the police station. So he takes it back. He presents it to Esther at the dinner. Esther just starts breaking down and crying. And it was just, it was just, it was just a beautiful moment. And, and by the way, she had like $150 in the wallet. None of the cash was missing. None of the credit cards. Everything was there. There was no loss. And it's kind of funny. I mean, why did this thief not take any money? Okay, no, that's obviously because there was no thief. Okay. All right. She dropped it on the floor and an honest Australian picked it up and turned it into the police station. God bless Australia. If that happened in Philly, ain't no way. No way that wallet was going to... I wouldn't even check. The, I would be like, Pastor, don't let me even try. All right? But in Australia, it happened. Anyway, it's kind of like uh, what happened in the beginning of the trip. And then we had the conference, and it was a wonderful time. The theme of the conference was nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. It came from a passage in Matthew where Jesus says, if your faith is as small as a mustard seed, you can tell this mountain to be moved. Nothing will be impossible for you. You know, there are many places in the Bible where it says nothing is impossible with God. But here Jesus says nothing will be impossible for you. And so that was, that for you was what God highlighted for me. And so I really try to uh, preach and teach in such a way where the ministry no longer is dependent on guest speakers so that they don't 
have to invite me again. Even if they really, really like me, they don't have to invite me again for the same things. They can invite me for other things, but not for me to come and rekindle that fire every single year. I felt like God really wanted us to empower them. And so we really started preaching messages on, uh, I preached the message, you are a miracle worker. Pastor Aaron preached a message, uh, kingdom contending faith. And then uh, we had all these seminars about the culture of honor. And the team did a wonderful job teaching their own seminars. Then Chris and Diana Suck uh, and Tina did their first seminars ever. They taught a seminar with a handout and everything. And Cassandra did her justice thing. And it was a little powerful. And actually on the first night, it was the first night of the conference. No, second night of the conference, we did words of knowledge. So I brought the team up and had them share words of knowledge. And so Pastor Aaron got a word of knowledge about fractured fingers. If you had a fractured finger, stand up to your feet. And so this young gentleman stood up to his feet. And then one of our Australian friends, uh, DJ at New Life Church, he uh, joined us. And I had him share a word of knowledge as well. And he shared a word of knowledge about right shoulder pain. And so somebody stood up for the right shoulder pain. And then we took about two minutes, just had everybody pray. And we had all the uh, Aussies pray for the Aussies. And after a couple minutes, we asked people to check. And these two guys looked so surprised. And they were healed. And so they started waving their hands like this, you know, telling us. We, we asked them if you were 80 or 100% healed, wave both your hands. So they're waving both their hands. And so I said, why don't you come up and share your testimony? And so the first guy comes up. And he's actually a musician. And he said that he had fractured uh, his finger. Or, or his fingers, and, and there was damage there. And he said that when he got prayer, he didn't feel anything. But when we told him to check, he decided to check, and his range of motion was about like this. But then when he checked, he noticed that he had a full range of motion. So he was like testifying that he got completely healed. And this other guy shared that his right shoulder was in pain, and he wasn't able to really lift it. Uh, but when we prayed for him afterwards, he checked, and he was completely healed. So... uh uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, we didn't see that many physical healings, though, other than that. Um, but we saw some. We saw some here and there. There are probably maybe a total of like a dozen, 50%-ish healings, and then maybe like six, 80, 100% healings. Um, but the real cool thing was, you know how the Lord highlighted, nothing will be impossible for you. So God, God really has put on my heart this theme of empowerment. Whether it's charitable work, missions work or even just doing ministry uh trips to countries like australia that's not necessarily a poor country god really put on my heart the theme of empowerment and so what i did on one of the nights i think the last night of the conference i actually had none of the team members pray for anybody and i called up people who had the fire of god right and this is really cool because through randy's testimony i noticed that marcus and lisa did the same thing on the myanmar trip and it looks like Myung-Hwa and Anita are claiming the same thing, that you guys did the same thing, where we really focused on empowerment. All right? You could tell who, who the real sons and sons and daughters of the house are, right? We are on the same wavelength. I didn't share with them any of this. But that's cool. But that's what God was really highlighting, I guess, for all of us. And so we didn't pray for anybody. We had those who received the fi- revival fire last year to come up to the front and then pray for whoever comes up to receive the fire. And so they were there, and they were praying and praying. Nothing was really happening for like 15, 20 minutes. They're praying, praying, nothing happening. All of a sudden, you just see people start dropping, you know? And then people just crying, young people crying and shaking. And, and so uh, one of the FLM guys, um, Vic, last year, who, you know, he's just like a baby Christian. Uh, didn't grow up in the church. Grew up in Hong Kong, all this stuff. He has like kind of, he struggles with like maybe his own self-image. And so every time we go, Vic, you know, you're a mighty warrior. He's like, yeah, well, hopefully. And so that was like his signature phrase is hopefully. God's going to do mighty things through you. Yeah, I believe that. Hopefully. And so the team kept start rebuking him. It's like, stop saying hopefully, you know. And so I noticed him when he was talking to me like two days into the conference. He's like, yeah, ho- oh, I'm sorry. Your team told me not to say that anymore. And I was like, yeah, don't say that. Don't say that. There is no hopefully, all right? You just believe it. Even if you don't see it in the natural, you believe that that's you. You become who you already are in Christ. 
And those natural things are going to manifest. It's going to follow. The signs are going to follow your faith. And um, so he was praying for people on that last night. And, and he saw about two or three people fall down in the power of God. And he was like, yeah, you know, I, w- I, w- and I was praying for people, yeah. And <laughs> Pastor Christian, it was so cool. He just fell down to the ground. I didn't, I didn't realize that, that kind of power was in me, you know. And what am I going to do with my hands? I was like, yo, bro, there's going to be more where that came from. You know what I'm saying? But the really cool part was the EM pastor, Pastor John. On the second night, I pray for him. I'm praying for like the different leaders. And he's a big dude. He's a real big, tall guy. Like, and, and he was somewhat familiar with Holy Spirit things. But um, through different teachings, through his mentors and seminaries, uh, he had kind of maybe shelved it a little bit. And was a little bit laid back most of the time. But that night, I prayed for him, and surprisingly, he falls down. He just slowed like a timber, like, timber! This big old guy falls down, and he's on the ground, and, I, and we just start praying for him, prophesying over him. And here's the cool part. On the last night of the conference, the third night, he comes up to lead prayer. And oh my goodness, it was like a totally different person. Pastor John was so on fire. He was going to lose his voice. His head was all red. His veins were popping out. And he's like, come on, church. Come on, church. Let's pray. Let's lift our hands. I couldn't even understand him after a while. because He was speaking with so much fire. It was like a totally different person. It was so encouraging. It was so encouraging that he just, there's something God used us to awaken inside of him. Man, when I saw that, I was like, praise the Lord. We, it's all about empowerment. We just got to empower because under this guy's leadership, this, this English ministry is going to really, they're really going to rock the city. And so on Sunday, mess, uh, during Sunday service, I got to preach. And after uh, the Sunday sermon, what was my Sunday sermon about? Don't go naked. I talked about covering. Thank you, Peter Jacob. Somebody was listening. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I talked about don't go naked and talked about covering and how important it is to be spiritually covered. Don't go independent. Join the church community. Be under the covering of a spiritual authority. And Aaron and I uh, called up Pastor John. And we also called up the senior pastor of the church or the acting senior pastor. So the person who's supposed to take over, Pastor Ray and his wife, Victoria. So they all came up to the front and we just anointed him with oil. And we just honored him and just blessed him and prayed for him in front of the whole church. And all smiles on the faces of the FLMers. This is because a year ago, Pastor John wasn't even there. He came into this leadership at the earlier at the beginning of this year. So he's a new leader. But these FLMers have been really stewarding the fire from the previous year. And they're really showing honor to this new guy, Pastor John. And so we just, we just sealed the deal. And we just prayed for him and honored him. And he was just receiving it. And people were just really just... They're vibing with what God was doing there that day. So it was really a, a, a trip about empowering. Empowering. Because, you know, what we don't want to happen is go on all these missions trips. Go back to the same countries, the same churches, and have to do the same thing. What do you know about your uh, pastor here? What do, you, what do you know about your pastor? One thing I hate to do, I hate repeating myself. I hate repeating myself. And so, if I say it, it should be established. You know what I mean? That's the way it should be. You know, like if, if a spiritual leader counsels you and gives you wisdom and advice, they should just say it once and you should shift out of your, uh, the lies, out of the self-pity, out of whatever. Out of the, the, you should shift out and just be healed already. It shouldn't take months and months and months. If you're in true submission and sonship, it only takes a word. And so, yeah, I mean, like, it, our goal is to really empower the local leadership so that the local leaders can really steward the fire, steward the kingdom culture, steward the revival that God uses us to release. And so, you know, praise the Lord that it seems like all the, all the teams really got to do that in some form or another. Yeah, let's praise the Lord once one more time. Come on.
And oh, by the before we came back, we also got to have two days in Melbourne. So last time we were in Melbourne was three and a half years ago. It was our first invitation to Australia. And it was only Aaron, Pastor Aaron and myself who went. And we went, we released the fire, and they've been really stewarding that fire ever since. And last year, we got to send Anita to do some healing deliverance training. But we never really got to go and visit uh, with a team. So we did, it, we did it this time for two days, and they were so excited. They were so excited. Uh, Daniel and Lydia Kim, they opened up their home. Uh, their parents are pastors, and so they opened up their home. They're, they have a brand new home, beautiful home, and we just got to stay there. And the moment we arrived, Daniel's mom started feeding us. It started with like some drinks and then some fruit, and next thing you know, mandu and then pop and then kogi and kimchi. It just kept on coming, and then it's like 1 a.m. and we're like, oh, we should sleep. And they just really uh, showed us just immense hospitality, just this beautiful hospitality. We felt so blessed. Felt so blessed. We got to stay uh, on the second night, Aaron and I and Jamie and um, Elizabeth got to stay at Michael and Esther Choi's house. They have a, Sarah, sorry. Sarah and Michael Choi's house. And they have a beautiful home there. And when we woke up, they made us this amazing breakfast it was like the best breakfast i had in like a year i don't want to exaggerate i'm just saying it's been a while since i had a good breakfast like that it was delicious it was beautiful but then the cool thing was the teams were split up into different people's homes everybody had this amazing pictures of breakfast and so all the ecfers there their ministries called ecf english christian fellowship uh, the, those guys at Melbourne really just honored us and blessed us with immense hospitality. They took us to eat the best meat pies in Australia, apparently. It's called Pie in the Sky, up on the mountains. Yeah, it was pretty good. And um, we did some seminars on leadership. And then we also did a men's and women's seminar. Uh, Pastor Aaron took the women, obviously. I took the men. Uh, I, did, I, did, I just presented the New Philly Dating Protocol. And those young men, they were eating it up. It was, it was a, such a fun time. They were just cracking up, laughing, but then they were like, mmm, that's good. And I, was like, I was like, yeah, I know. Y'all need this. Y'all need this. It was really good. On the, on the second night, we had a revival service where people gathered, and there were about like 80 people that gathered uh, from different places. Yas came out, if you guys know Yas. Uh, he's living in Melbourne right now, and he came out and... Uh, and so the team, we ministered, and man, the fire of God fell. And we didn't really go for the fire at FLM, so we didn't quite see it like that. But man, at Melbourne, it was fire. It was fire. I mean, fire! And people were just like, Whoa. and many of these people never experienced it before. So one of the uh, guys, uh, he used to have a Catholic background. He's an Indonesian guy who goes out to their ministry. He's like, I've never passed a Christian. That was amazing. I've never seen anything like that before. And I was like, yeah, that's the power of God. He's like, yeah, that was amazing. And he was just so shocked that God like moved so powerfully and supernaturally. And everybody was just so blessed and edified. And uh, it was just an amazing time that God blessed us with in Australia. And uh, so praise the Lord for that. I also want to share about uh, what happened yesterday. Uh, Pastor Aaron and I got to go up to the H3 retreat which is a youth retreat run by youth pastors from Sarangyoe and Jiguchon and Onuri Hallelujah. So those four churches gather with their youth ministries. And these are English-speaking youth. And so Sarang has a youth ministry called STEM, Sarang Teen English Ministry. And they have like almost 350 or more kids that go out every Sunday service. And Jigu Chonggyoe has a huge youth ministry as well in English. Onuri has theirs called 937. And Hallelujah Church also has their youth ministry. And so they had this big collaboration retreat. It's called the H3 retreat. And Pastor Philip from Sarang uh, Teen English Ministry, he told me that there would be about 300 students at this thing. And I didn't believe him. I was like, no way. You know, and I got there. There were 280 students and 80 volunteers. 
At New Philly, we sent a team of 11 volunteers to lead small groups. And they were so thankful that we, we sent our team, uh, our leaders, because our leaders were just, you know, just really being honoring. You know, we have amazing leadership at our house, you know. And they went and they were just such a blessing, even from the first night. Uh, Cassandra was all like, you know, she looked like she was like a, um, uh, like a teen camp director, like teen camp. And she used to do a lot of teen camps. And so, you know, she looked like she was really comfortable with it. She did a justice seminar for the children, um, for, the, for the students, sorry, for the youth, for the youth. And uh, Pastor Erin yesterday, she got the honor to do a purity seminar for high school girls. And I sat through it. And I was the only guy in there. There were like 90, 80 young girls. And I'm telling you right now, man, Pastor Aaron killed it. It was powerful. I mean, I was taking notes and learning. I was like, honey, you got to teach me some of this too. It was powerful, man. It was powerful. She took some of Pastor Benjamin's teachings and just represented it. And it was, these, these young girls, man, they were just eating it up. They were, they were so like, you know, there was just, man, it was powerful. It was powerful. And so it was a real blessing to go. And the youth pastors, when I was just kind of talking with them, they kept insisting, New Philly, you, gotta start, you guys need to start a youth ministry. We would love to see you guys bring your own youth next time. You guys need to start a youth ministry. Because on their little retreat booklet, they listed all the churches that are represented. And then they had a line and then they put new philly on the bottom and they said even though new philly doesn't have a youth ministry they have sent 11 counselors to serve us in small groups and in the future they were like you know you guys should just have your own youth ministry when are you going to start your own youth ministry and so that was like a real sign on to us because we've been already praying about uh starting our own youth ministry for new philly and so that was a real blessing and then uh actually last week chair songdo's high school ministry had a retreat and Pastor John Michael went to speak for it, along with about six other leaders. And so Deacon Jung was telling me that it was a powerful time. They had an amazing time. Uh, they got to pray for and lay hands on each of the youth, and they were just receiving it. And so it was, it's, it's been like missions and ministry in like more ways than one. You know what I mean? And so it was a, it was a really good time. And so, man, we, we're just, our hearts for the youth are growing. And we're looking for committed leaders, pastors, ministers that can really steward this ministry for us. And so we really want to empower those who feel called to the youth. And so if that's you, you know, start talking to your small group leaders, start talking to our pastors and let us know. So we can start narrowing down the search of who can really steward uh, New Philly's youth ministry. And if you have a good name for the youth ministry, let me know. Because right now, the, the best one that I have is Damascus. You know, kind of like our college ministry is called Emmaus because there's a story in the Gospels about the Emmaus road and how these two disciples, their hearts were burning and Jesus opened up the scriptures to them and, you know, their eyes were awakened. Well, you know, Damascus road, there was another story. You know, the apostle Paul, when he was persecuting the Christians, he was not converted. He meets Jesus in this blinding revelation and scales come on his eyes and then he goes into Damascus and Ananias lays hands on him and he gets baptized with the Holy Spirit and the scales fall off his eyes. It's pretty powerful. But I understand that teens may not vibe with Damascus. So uh, if you have a better name, let me know. All right, very good. Uh, I'm going to preach my message right now. But don't worry, it will only be... I'm going to go 10 minutes. Okay, I'm going to go 10 minutes. Open up your Bible to Isaiah 60. It's going to be a very short message. Isaiah 60, I'm going to read from verse 1 through 4 in the ESV. Follow along. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising, Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together and they come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters 
shall be carried on the hip. I'm going to end there. Everybody say, your sons shall come from afar. All right, so today I'm just going to preach on an issue that's been on my heart for a while. Ever since we started, our church started teaching on sonship and getting into the practical applications of what it means to be in sonship and what it means to have a spiritual father. You know, the church has really grown in intimacy, safety. Just, I mean, it's just been a powerful revelation in which... The, the entire house across all three campuses have been relating to each other. Sonship and fatherhood. And one of the issues that keeps coming up is what happens when New Philly members and leaders who are on membership and leadership with our church, they end up moving back home or they end up moving away. What happens? Are they no longer in sonship to us? Now, that's been hard. That's been difficult. And we've just been telling them, hey, you know, f- hurry up and find the local church and honor the membership covenant that you've signed here at this house. Go and find the local church and submit to uh, a pastor or a spiritual father there. There's also been another issue, much more bigger, more numerous, is the Emmaus students, our college ministry. Students that get touched by the fire of the Holy Spirit, they get, their hearts start burning for Jesus, they start living for the Lord. They get completely revived, and then after one semester or two, they go back home. And a lot of times, we, all we can do is pray for them, send them off, give them a link to our podcast, and say, good luck. And sometimes, you know, we feel like, man, is there more, something more that we can do? Do we have a responsibility to do more? These are good questions, you know. Another issue is young people who visit New Philly once or even for a whole month, couple of months, whatever, and God moves upon their hearts so radically that they end up listening regularly to our podcast and just, they just keep growing and they desire to be in sonship with a spiritual father, but they can't find one in their local area. And so it's a hard thing to learn about sonship, sonship, sonship but not be able to find a spiritual father. And you just feel, you feel like an orphan, you know? At least when you're an orphan and you don't know about sonship, you know, ignorance is bliss, right? But when you learn about sonship and you can't find a spiritual father to get, give you that covering, it can be a really difficult thing for them. Or a fourth issue, people who've never visited New Philly, But they have been radically changed by our podcast sermons, our videos, our testimonies. This could be seminary students, missionaries, pastors of local churches, business executives, stay-at-home moms, whatever. People who have never visited New Philly. But they they are in sonship to this house more closer than some people who attend physically every week. So these are some of the issues that have been coming up. You know, on this fourth example, people who've never visited New Philly, but they feel like they're in sonship to us. Um, this is essentially what I do with Pastor Benjamin. You know, when I came in sonship with Pastor Benjamin, I never visited Living Hope. It wasn't about being a member of that church's congregation. It was about having a spiritual father. And Pastor Benjamin, uh, I felt a pull to Pastor Benjamin. And Pastor Benjamin felt a responsibility for me. And so we established a more formal relationship and commitment where he would be, serve as my spiritual father and I would be his spiritual son. And along with Aaron and Pastor Sonny, of course. Right? That's essentially what happened. I never visited Living Hope. But here I am coming to sonship. With a church I never visited, and with a man that I only saw once in my life before. We have to understand that in in the spirit, there's no distance. There's no geographic distance in the spirit. You want teleportation? We got teleportation in the spirit. I mean, even the apostle Paul said, although I can't be with you physically in the flesh, I am with you in spirit. 
You know, the Apostle Paul, he fathered churches that he never visited personally. There's a Greek term, face-to-face. It's translated in most English versions as physically present, or I never got to see you personally or physically. The book of Colossians, right? The church at Colossae never saw the Apostle Paul physically. But the Apostle Paul writes to that church with great authority. Why? Because the Apostle Paul saw himself as a spiritual father, or perhaps the spiritual father to the church at Colossae. Isn't that strange? If a person that never you, met, you never met in person is writing you with that kind of authority, how would you take that? But you will receive it well, but if you see him a certain way. And the church at Colossae, they saw and they honored the Apostle Paul as a spiritual father, even though they never met him in person. Okay? And so these concepts, I'm already aware of them. And these issues, young people have been asking me. Especially the Emmaus students. But not just only Emmaus students. There have been people like emailing us from like Southeast Asia, Europe. I, mean, I, thought, I, I thought God was done with Europe. <laughs> I, thought, I thought there was no Holy Spirit over in Europe. But uh, no, people in Europe. Not many, but few. You know, and, and there's these young people like in Northern Virginia. I mean, there are so many... Young people that are, that are listening to our, our podcast, and they, their lives have been radically changed. So, sons are being birthed all over the world through the teaching of this house. And we need to start taking spiritual custody over them. That's going to make you feel a little uncomfortable because there are certain issues that are going to come up. But we have to understand, people are crying for us to cover them. They want a trusted spiritual father to disciple, love, and discipline them. They want to walk in their identity. They want to experience great intimacy with God and with His people. They want to possess their inheritance. And they want to be in sonship, and they want to be in sonship specifically to my leadership as a spiritual father. And when I say my leadership, I mean Pastor Aaron and myself. There are these people, young people, older folks, whatever, that they want to be in sonship specifically to my leadership. And you know what? I believe some of them already think that they are. They're like, you don't see me like that, but you better take custody over me because I'm your spiritual son. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And I don't want to act like a bad, like a, oh, oh, oh. I don't want to act like some of the, um, irresponsible athletes out there, irresponsible American athletes that have a lot of children, but they don't take responsibility for them. All right, you don't want your pastor to be a deadbeat dad, amen? Right, if they're being birthed, and the way that birth happens in the kingdom is through teachings. The seed of the word of God is what births people. Whether it births them into the kingdom or it births them into a revival. It's the seed of the word that fathers. It's the, it's the preaching of the word that fathers people. And so if people are being awakened, then I think that I have a responsibility to start taking, taking some spiritual custody over these, over these sons. And so this issue has been burning in my heart. And you know what? Yeah, some of them believe that they already are in sonship. And I think it's time that we recognize them formally. They may have never even visited our church. But you know what? They look like us. They act like us. They think like us. They talk like us. They use our lingo. Like, oh, snap. (laughs) New dispensation. That's mad good. Contempt for the kingdom. They're using all the lingo already. Why? Because they have a, they're being birthed through the DNA of this house. So I believe that our church, we need to start setting up a formal way for these people to identify themselves as sons of the house without causing drama to the local churches that they attend. 
Uh, I hope that they are attending local churches. If they're not attending local churches, listen up. If you're listening to this podcast and you're not going to local church, you better go find a local church and worship at. You can't use this podcast and your guitar to replace worship with God's covenant people. Go to a local church. Um, but yeah, we want to provide a formal way for you to identify yourself as sons of the house without causing drama to your local churches. And a way for them to receive fathering from my leadership while at the same time honoring the leadership at their local church. All right? And so we're going to have a lot of questions to discuss among our core leaders. But I believe that this is a step that no longer can be delayed. Young people are crying out for sonship, and I'm no longer going to turn them away as orphans. This has got to stop. This has got to stop. So today it begins. If you're visiting New Philly today, and you've been listening to our preaching, and and you've been hearing and being blessed by it already. And you long for sonship. And you want sonship specifically with this house and with this spiritual mother and father. And you wish you could live in Korea. So you can have this, but you can't. So you feel like you just get abandoned. Well, today we're going to start to receive you. Informally, we'll receive you. And we'll let you know how to do it more formally in the future. But I just feel like it's already been happening, y'all. It's already been happening. The sons of this house are not contained to the three services that we have each Sunday. They're all over the world. They're all over the world. I want you to close your eyes right now. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're interested in being established in sonship to my leadership under Pastor Aaron and myself, what I want you to do is I want you to email a new email address that I've set up, sonship at newphilly.cc. Send a brief email with your full name, what city you live in, what church you attend, and why you desire to be in sonship with us. Send us your story. Send us your story. Because you know what I believe? I believe that we're coming to a time where we're going to do future church plants and we're not going to have to send out 10 leaders from Korea to that city. There's already going to be hundreds of sons in that city. And all we got to do is just set up a worship service for them. For those who who feel called to do that. For those who feel called to stay at their local church. You should stay at your local church. But I believe we're going to come to a time where in the future, there are going to be church plants we do in mega metropolises all over Asia and, and, and whatnot. And there's going to be sons already there. And they will have been stewarding and possessing their inheritance already. We won't have to start from scratch. Our ceiling is already their floor. And just like it says here in Isaiah 60, the nations shall come to your light. New Philly. Kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together and they come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be carried on the hip. In a figurative way, I believe that there are sons from afar that God is wanting to cover through the leadership of this house. They don't have to be denied just because they live in New York City. They don't have to be denied just because they live in uh, Seattle. They live in Indonesia. No longer, God is saying, receive these sons. Receive these sons. So right now, if you are in this place and you know that you can't stay in Korea, but you feel like you're already in sonship to this house, And you want to really be established in that. I'm no longer going to send you away and just say goodbye. And just say that you're a friend. And just say that you're a fellow sister. I'm going to recognize you as you are. I'm going to cover you as a son. There's people like that in this room. You're not part of our formal membership. You're not part of our formal leadership. But you feel like through the teachings of this house... You desire the sonship that we talk about. I want you to stand to your feet. I'm going to pray for you today. 
stand to your feet if that's you. It's okay if this is your first Sunday and I've never met you personally. But you've already been listening. There may be in here pastors. And you're like, you were like in my situation a couple years ago. You're under the covering of a senior pastor of a Korean church. But that covering is nice, but it's mostly functional. And there's a language barrier. There's a cultural barrier. And you desire to have a spiritual father. Especially the pastors and missionaries. You need a special covering. We want to cover you. We're no longer going to deny that. We're going to cover you like Pastor Benjamin covered me. We're going to start to cover you guys. And we're going to start to empower you. We're going to provide resources. We're going to provide a way for you to relationally connect with this house. Let me get... Let me get the um, pastors, altar ministers. Can you guys come forward? We're going to pray for them right now. The Holy Spirit is going to fall powerfully in this place. He's going to confirm the preaching of his word. All those who are standing right now, I want you to start moving to the front. We're going to pray for you right here in the front. Let's have the altar minister stand on the stage. You guys can come up to the stage and we'll pray for you on the stage as well. Let's spread it out over here. All right. If you're standing up, come up to the front. Come up to the front. And I'm personally going to touch each of your heads as well. And just establish you in that sonship to this house. New Philly, let's start praying for them right now. Pray in the spirit right now. Look at all these people that are longing. They're longing to be in the bosom of a spiritual father. To be covered. To no longer go around independent or on their own or naked. But to be covered. Come on, Newfield, let's start praying for them. Look at them, look at them. Pray for them right now, come on. Pray for them, Holy Spirit. Yeah, confirm the preaching of your word, Lord. Look at all these young people that are longing for covering, longing for the comfort, longing for the discipleship. No longer to be denied. You're no longer to be denied. No longer to be denied. God hears the cry of your hearts. You're not, you're not an orphan. You're not illegitimate. You're not to be turned away any longer. Come on, church. Pray in the spirit. Come on. Pray for these. Pray for them. Come on, church. Everybody. All the leaders of the house. Come on. Pray. Pray in the spirit. In a moment, I'm just going to touch each of your heads. As I touch each of your heads, I'm going to just establish you in sonship to this house. Establish you. And I'm going to give you the permission to begin to take ownership over that sonship. And begin to identify yourself as the way that God has already been leading you to see yourself. Identify yourself as a son of the house. I'm going to lay hands on each one of you and establish you in that spirit of sonship.
Spirit of sonship. Spirit of sonship. Rise and shine. For your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Darkness shall cover the earth. Thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you. And his glory will be seen upon you. Nations shall come to your light. And kings to the brightness of your dawn. Your sons shall come from afar. Your daughters carried at the hip. 